Hello and welcome to another episode of Next Man Up. And we are back after a few weeks and our most successful podcast yet to date, I will add. The numbers have been going through the roof since we had Coach Singleton on the podcast and we had Ruben Frank and Colleen Wolf and all the amazing guests we've had in the last few weeks. But the illustrious list does not stop there because we are joined by Spuds, Dave Spadero, Eagles Insider. Dave, how are you, man? Hi, Liam. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And uh, excited for 2020. I'm glad you guys are building, building, building. It sounds really uh, like the UK is wrapping its collective arms around the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, we, we love it. Uh, we actually got Coach Sings to choose his soccer team. Uh, yeah. You, you must, did you see any of that going yeah. on with Coach Sings? I mean, that's a great get. Jamal's awesome. And uh, no, I, every, you, it, if you had a, a, um, put the word out that everyone could come on here and talk about Premier League, you would probably have like, you know, Jalen Hurts and every every single guy because they all love Premier League soccer. So um, it's, just right. getting to, it's just getting them to talk about themselves. That's the hard part. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that we'll just front load it with like 20 minutes on the Premier League and then like five minutes yeah. on them. <laughs> that, that, might, that might be a good formula. That might work. All right, we'll try that. We'll try. We noticed Hassan Reddick the other day was talking about his um, soccer team as well. How was that interview, Coach? Yeah, mm. I mean, it was really cool. You guys, I, I love it. And um, I mean, actually, what's interesting, it just kind of spurred me. It's a new team. There's this whole Nick Sirianni group. Like, it's a fun energy with this team. And not just the players, but the coaches, too. It's not this, there's a, it kind of a, how would I say it? I don't feel like there's a huge ego with this team and and they feel I feel like they're very approachable and um, kind of like normal guys and I, I feel like they've got a really good chemistry and I think that comes from Nick because I think Nick really creates that kind of culture so um, I'm enjoying it a lot and uh, I'm glad that the people over there are kind of getting a, a little taste of what this version of the Philadelphia Eagles is all about. I love that. And it's not just me and you, Dave. Uh, bring in Mick, my co-host. Mick, Mick. It's, a, it's a special day for us, Mick, as part of the Next Man of British Irish Eagles podcast, because yeah. we're not joined by Phil, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, well, um, Phil and his wife were blessed with a, a little baby today. So congratulations to, to those guys, and I'm sure they'll have their work cut out for them over the next uh, 18 or so years. Absolutely. I've, I've got two young kids myself, so I, I know exactly what it's like. Do we have a name yet? Do we know the name? Oh, we do, but I think we're going to have to wait for Phil to release that himself. Right. So you'll have to listen into the next podcast to uh, to hear to hear it, to hear his name. Uh, no, it's um, well, our hearts our hearts are full. Um, he's been he's gone through a lot over the last few years, um, which he's talked about. We we raised money for the ectopic pregnancy charity last year. Him and his wife have gone through a lot, and it's a real special day. So Phil, if you're listening, in, buddy, I know you will be. Uh, we love you, and um, we're so happy for you, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drink a, yeah, a little, but uh, let's good, get to that. Uh, <laughs> boys, I'm still, I'm still doing, I'm still in working hours here, or else I'd do the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I won't confirm or deny. I won't confirm or deny what's in the Yeti. Right I think here. we know. I think we know what's in there. <laughs> awesome. Listen, Dave. I mean, perfect time to get in the podcast uh, because the Eagles just had their first preseason game against the Jets on Friday and uh, we, we got this partnership with a, with a, a, a restaurant called Passion Avenue here and they put out a tweet on Saturday saying I know the Eagles lost yesterday but come on in and watch the preseason game I had to drop my guy at Passion a little note and say yeah they lost but that's not the whole story here of what happened yeah. in preseason games you need to be looking at the first team players and the second team players and see how they how they turned out just initial reaction from you Dave on how the first team performed um, in the opening series, Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Smith wasn't there, and a couple of others, Kelsey. Uh, but your initial reaction from from that first series from Jalen and the team? I mean, I, I think it was about as perfect as you could dream it up. Um, Hurts goes six of six, is able to move out of the pocket, make some throws, gets Quez Watkins involved right away, gets the running backs involved, get a little couple completions to Miles Sanders, which really helps. Tight ends get involved. Um, he won from inside the pocket as well, which was really encouraging to see. Dallas Goddard with the catch and gets the two ends. And they, they overcame a penalty. 
it overcame a big hit on the sideline. So, yeah. from, you know, so from a first team offense standpoint, couldn't really have drawn it up any better. And, um, you know, against a defense that should be pretty good. So very encouraging. Didn't have to worry about forcing it to A.J. Brown. No Devontae Smith out there. So the Eagles still able to move the football successfully. And then the defense comes out and Kaiser White, boom, gets an interception, returns to 27 yards. Eagles punch that in for a touchdown. So you're up 14 nothing, first and second team out there. Um, you know, for, for us, Liam and Mick, it was as good as it gets. I mean, the crowd was really into it. It was a not a full house, but a, pretty close to it for a preseason game on a Friday night. Lots of kids, great energy. Everybody wanted to see, you know, this team. It's been such an exciting off-season time that to see them on the field in a game situation, you know, you get out of a preseason game, you're healthy. Second half was not particularly crisp, a lot of three and outs, but who cares? I mean, nobody got hurt. Um, you, you saw like Cam Jurgens, your second round draft pick, come in and dominate from the center position. You see, you know, Jordan Davis come in and throw his big body around. Jacoby Dean has five tackles, four solos. It was just, you know, one of those really great nights. And um, so we move into a new phase of the preseason this week with the joint practices ahead in Cleveland. But I think everyone feels like what we saw Friday from the starters, you know, could be a, a sign of things to come. It's it's yeah, it's funny you say that. I, 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 talking through the games, just bringing back all the memories from the plays, and uh, we, we and us doing the, the the rework before the podcast. I'm not going to lie because I'm you know I'm quite a positive Eagles fan. I'm always looking yes. on the right side of the ball. I want to be positive. I want to look for good signs. I don't like the, the negative normal. And I know sometimes they're, they're required, but for me, positivity all the way. Be critical when you need to be positive. I was so nervous before that game started. Why? Because I was, I was so excited and happy, and I'd spoken to so many people about my belief that this team is going to be really good this year. Um, and I was, just, I was just nervous. I was nervous for, for the reaction from the Eagles fan base, not to me, but just in general. Um, and towards the players, if say Jalen got picked off in the first series, and, and what that reaction might have been like in Sunstreams and media, um, and I just wanted it all to click for for people to go, okay, all right, we're listening. I see it. I can see the progress because we've we've been talking about a lot on this podcast. And then, like, I remember messaging Mick on WhatsApp and every play, I'm like, damn, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, is this is going well. Yeah. And, then, oh, and then talking about Jalen Hurts specifically, because we love to talk about Jalen for a lot of reasons. You mentioned six from six, 80 yards. He actually had a – he had the rushing touchdown as well, marked off. Um, questionable uh, marking off, if you ask me, looking back at the play. And you also mentioned about him moving around, like he had checkdowns. He he rolled out to his right and and hit, and hit a guy down the sideline. Um, and then AJ Brown, because he because he's so important in the offense, the secondary, he kind of dragged the players away to allow Dallas Goddard to break out to the left and and a great throw to the left, which is what some people have have criticized Hurts about. So you saw nearly every aspect of what people have said they want to see Jalen improve on. Uh, I think the, the long ball is now the only thing we need to see. I know he had a couple of underthrown today, but then he hit Devontae Smith with a good one as well today. Um, he, had, he had Quez down. So he hit Quez with a nice ball down the field as well also. Did he? Nice, nice. Um, so it's yeah. all good, man. It's all good so far. I mean, again, we're all going to slow down. We know it's preseason. Yeah. But um, you, you, I think everybody, it's interesting that you said that you wondered how the Eagles fans would react. I really didn't have a question about that because – the offseason was so overwhelmingly positive that I felt like, and then we had the open practice and fans got to see AJ Brown dominate in that practice. And I've seen him every day. And you, know, you just, when you watch enough football, you see it every day that this is a good team. And I'm not concerned at all moving forward about the preseason performance or the Eagles having to prove anything to me. I'm not even sure the starters will play anymore, but. I was just going to ask I, you, do you, do you not, yeah. do you, do you think the starters well, sit now? I think if, if they have good practices against the Browns, then I think the starters won't play in that game. And same with Miami. Because the, the Nick Sirianni values those practices like they are games. You know, they're more controlled. Jalen's not going to get hit. 
Um, but the tempo is really high. So I think that if it goes the way the Eagles want it to go, the starters won't play. But we'll see. I mean, that's up to Nick. Um, I really don't think they need to at this point. They come back intact. Uh, again, I just I think the Eagles, when I look at the you know, offense, I look at an offense and see they led the league in rushing last year. The offensive line comes back intact. They've got some young players that they brought in who really have a chance to be really, really good. Um, they have a passing game now that you got A.J. Brown and now you've got Dallas Goddard, you've got Devontae Smith, you've got Quez Watkins, you know, you've got Zach Pascal, who's a good player. Uh, they can they can pick their poison on you. And so Zach the one thing, good, can I can I just yeah, Zach's, Zach's good. Yeah, well, Zach's a good receiver. And you know, he actually is somebody who, if you look at his reps, he played starter number of reps for the Colts. He got more and more reps as his years went along. Now, I don't know what happened last year. His numbers were down. Indianapolis didn't throw the ball particularly well. Maybe that's why Carson Wentz isn't there anymore with the yeah. Colts. But, but we could Zach's surmise a, that. <laughs> yeah, Zach is a good receiver. And so that addition and A.J. Brown and Cam Jurgens, I mean, an offensive line that comes back in, in hole a, with, with Isaac Samalo returning, um, a backfield, it still doesn't have that big hammer and maybe they add that kind of player. Maybe they think Kennedy Brooks can be that kind of player. I don't know. Jordan Howard coming back again for the Eagles? I mean, he's still out there on the streets. So I, there's, there's a number of good running backs. And I believe that that's the easiest position to fill is a power running back. There are a lot of them out there. So, yeah, and then the defense. I mean, the defense has had so many positive additions of proven players. I think it's just a matter of time before that, that group really clicks. And I'd actually... At practice every day, I feel like the defense has been ahead of the offense. So that yeah. gives you an indication of where the Eagles are, right? Guys, I just think um, we, don't, we don't get ahead of ourselves at all, but the Eagles were obviously won the Super Bowl, go to the playoffs the year after that, go to the playoffs the year after that, have a really bad 2020. New coach, new quarterback, back in the playoffs, boom, right away. And now you see a roster that's super talented. They have two first-round picks next year three picks in the first two rounds the year after that, you know, this team is back and they've got assets and they're building. And so that to me is the mark of a great organization. Every franchise will have a downtime. How quickly you come out of that marks. You're kind of, so guys, we're, we're in the upswing and your enthusiasm, Liam and Mick, you guys, you know, passing it on to all these British fans, everybody feel good about where the Eagles are. It's still a team that's got to grow and build and win tough games and, beat really good quarterbacks, which this team really hasn't done. But this this franchise is heading in the right direction. You told us to, uh, you know, calm it down a bit there, and then you just built it all back up. And I, I don't know where to go now. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess oh, don't overreact from the preseason game, but understand that it, it is a good, it really does have a chance to be a good football yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I feel it 100%. And, Mick, we have one of the questions we said we were going yeah. to ask Coach earlier on today. Um, so I'm going to do the first one, you know, on the email, on the email we shared. I'm going to do the first one and we'll tee you up for the second one because it talks specifically about uh, one of those defenders uh, that we touched on a second ago. So, Dave, just for a second, I'm going to bring you back to the last time you are on the podcast, which was um, we, were two, we were two and five last year. We spoke just after the Las Vegas defeat. We spoke, and you specifically spoke about consistency being the key to turning the Eagles season around. As you know, the team went on the run and ended up in the wild card spot. How far has this team come since we last spoke? And what positives are you taking forward into 2022? I think maybe just the answer to the first question, because I think you probably answered the second part of that question already. Well, look, they, they first of all, Nick Sirianni. I mean, when, when we last spoke, we weren't sure what kind of coach he was at two and five. Uh, different kind of approach, very contagious, upbeat approach. Would the players buy into that? Well, when you get to a two and five record, it's kind of the point where a lot of players sometimes will dive off and bail on the coach. Nobody did that last year. Nick kept the locker room together. He was he let he left his ego at the door, so he turned the, the offensive play calling duties over to Shane Steichen. True. They the Eagles turned the Eagles finished seven and three, win nine games. I, I so Nick is and Nick, you know, guys, when you watch the game. You don't see many blown timeouts. You generally see, you know, you never sit there and go, gosh, why did he call that play? What's he thinking there? So I think Nick is really solid on game days. 
Uh, you didn't see the, the, the Dallas problem we had at the end of well, not problem. Yeah, we had the season, no, we didn't have that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> so you come back and, and all the all the people in Dallas are talking about well, when is Sean Payton going to coach our team because they don't believe in Mike McCarthy. Um, yeah. And so so Nick Nick really brings the energy, brings the fire, and is a pretty darn good game day good co- coach. We we saw Jalen Hurts positive become the youngest quarterback in franchise history to start a playoff game. Does he have to get better? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do the Eagles do in the offseason? They go and they bring pieces to build around him with AJ, with Cam, with Pascal, making his job easier. I see an offense that can win running the football and throwing the football. And then defensively, I mean, look, the Eagles have a chance to be more aggressive this year, more successful taking the mm-hmm. football away, mm-hmm. getting to the quarterback with Reddick, with Bradbury, with Davis, with White, with Tart significant, significant upgrades to a defense that still hung in there last year. Uh, and then you get Brandon Graham back on the field. Yeah, so there's a lot of positives that I take from, you know, from a year ago to now, just the organization's in a totally different place. And and the Eagles have built up the roster in, in like record time. So there's yeah. not really a lot that there's, there's not a lot that I sit here and go, man, oh man, it, What's it going to come down to? Yeah, we're going to come down to Jalen. We're going to see him, and then a couple of the pieces. Otherwise, it seems pretty yeah, the, the the jump from twenty twenty season from to to now to where we're at with all this positivity surrounding the surrounding the Eagles and the, the sort of feel good factor that everybody has that you have been waxing lyrical about how um, how Howie Roseman has put Jalen in the best position possible to succeed, and and you know that's that's something that. We're, we're, we're carrying on into the season, but let's go back to Vegas again. Um, we're talking about, we're okay, talking I'll about... go to Vegas. I'll go to Vegas anytime you want. Don't want to go to Vegas with me, Dave. You won't have any money left. But not 20... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. Uh, but not 2021. We'll talk 2022. The NFL draft in Vegas. Um, our first round pick, Jordan Davis, who obviously... Had a good game on Friday night. He flashed. He was getting double team, triple team. Sometimes he got into the backfield a couple of times during the game, and you know you really see that quality that, that he brings as our first round pick. And it looks like Harry Howie Roseman has made an absolute steal by trading up over the um, bouncing up over the Ravens to get him. Um, what's it been like um, being around him as a person? Uh, How is he fitting into the you know the the general? Um, at the Novacare, and yeah, he, Mick, he's a um, he's a first of all, he's a, an enormous guy, and I've been around <laughs> forever. And there's only a few that really jump out. You know, Reggie White was physically just imposing. Sean Andrews was that way. Jordan Mailata is that way, and yeah. Jordan Davis is that way also. And so you you get you're struck by just how huge he is. Then you watch him on the field, you see how athletic he is. Um, Jordan is a young, energetic, smiling all the time, loves life. You know, love that, around, love that. <laughs> walks around with N'Kobe Dean, happy as heck to be a Philadelphia Eagle, both of them. And he knows he has a lot to learn. And what, you're, what you saw from him on Friday is just a tip of the iceberg because a lot of that is just sheer force mm-hmm. and sheer bulk and sheer quickness. He's, he's still working on his technique. He's got some a ways to go there. But yeah, really encouraging performance from Jordan, who is not here to be the man at defensive tackle. The Eagles already have Javon Hargrave. They've got Fletcher Cox. They've got Milton Williams. Jordan Davis just has to come in and play well in the whatever 15, 20, 30 snaps a game that he's going to get. But maybe he's so good that you can't keep him off the field. I don't know. It was Jonathan Gannon's got a bit of a headache. That's a good headache. Yeah, that's a great (laughs) headache to have. Which which stud am I going to put out there at defensive tackle? And the idea is to collapse the pocket. And so one thing that Jordan is, you know, responding to here is that at Georgia, his job was kind of to occupy the blockers, hold up blockers, and then go. Here, it's go and then then react. So um, so that's a bit different, but he's obviously getting it. He's super athletic. And his mom was at practice today having a great time, and she's a oh, huge right. Eagles fan. Yeah, so it's just like a cool atmosphere with these rookies, with Jordan. Um, he's living, his mom's here living with him, so... Uh, that's so cool. Like, I just imagine his mom, like, coming to, I don't know if it's out, I can imagine his mom, like, coming to practice with, like, extra water bottles, like, an extra sandwich uh-huh. for him. Have you eaten enough today, Jordan? 
Yeah, uh, that's not a concern. The guy, the guy gets plenty to eat. Trust me, he gets plenty <laughs> to eat. Yeah, nobody, nobody's. Jordan Davis is not cheating a meal ever. No, I, I, I can't imagine. With one thing that, um, you know, when he was, um, when he was at college, his, his, eth- his ethical team outlook was something that a lot of people talked about. You just touched on it, being willing to soak up pressures and then being so excited for his teammates because of some of that pressure on that end to quarterback. How much is him being on the field going to help the defensive ends, the rushing linebackers when he is on the field? I mean, I, it sounds pretty obvious, but when's the last time the Eagles ever had someone like that who can free up so many other people to do? I know Fletcher has yeah, done I mean, that role a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have really invested in defensive tackle over the years. The idea is to obviously not allow the quarterback to step up. So, if the quarterback stays at his depth, that allows the defensive ends to have a more clear path, a direct path to the quarterback's lap. Um, but what I don't think the Eagles have had, I mean, even in the Super Bowl year, they had Tim Jernigan, they had depth. They have four really good defensive tackles, potentially really five here. Uh, and so you're going to need that for a 17-game schedule. Jordan Davis brings the beef, is quick. Fletcher's still got some strength and, and quickness for sure. Javon's a pro bowler. Yeah. Williams had a good rookie season. Um, I love that situation there. And they're all going to be able to stay fresh. And they all give a different kind of look to the offensive guards in the center. So it's going to be hard to game plan against the Eagles, who want to collapse the offensive line from the inside out. And with the commitment that they've made to the defensive tackle position and with Jordan Davis's development, they have a chance to do that. Yeah, um, it's like bringing it back to soccer here for a very, very brief moment. It's like when you're uh, challenging for the title, Mick, Dave, uh, and you're also in the Champions League and European football, and you need to build a squad that come in in and impact over the course of the season and likening that to making it all the way into a deep playoff run because you're going to need those assets at different different times of the season, almost almost like impact subs to come in and play, as we'd call it over here from, from a soccer perspective. And we talked about um, Davis. We want to talk about his buddy, Dean. I, I, he, I mean, we talked about Davis being one of, the, one of the steals of the draft. I mean, Kobe Dean has to be the steal of the entire draft. He looks as advertised, Dave. Is that, would you, would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, it, it's interesting, Liam, because he, uh, he's been pretty quiet in practice. Okay. And, and then we get a sense, okay, well, we get it. We get it. Kobe Dean's a gamer. And the Eagles are able to keep him clean. He's really quick to the ball. Um, that's what he did at Georgia. He ran sideline to sideline, used his speed, great tackler, finishes really well. Yeah. He was able to do that Friday night. If you keep it now, if 330-pound guards are getting out on him, it will be a lot tougher because Nakobe is not a big, big guy. But yeah, I mean, if he's able to, to get free and, and run to the ball, terrific job. He was he was mm. excellent on, on Friday night and great to see that. We understand why the Eagles felt so good drafting him in round three because he is a dynamic dynamic playmaker uh yeah. and to do that your first game lean like you're not you don't feel like it's the moment's too big for you at all i've yeah. seen rookies come in it's just it's a little too fast or the lights are too bright or just they just they just it takes them a while to get their feet do, do you wet. think part of that dave is is because howie in the last couple of drafts has really focused on like top tier college systems that he's recruited from as well that they're able to make that transition mm-hmm. to the big level and the pressure and the expectations a little bit better as well you yeah, know. I mean, I think there's something to be said for that. You know, for, for Jordan and for um, Nicobe, they played at Georgia. They played Alabama all the time. Devontae Smith, when he played Alabama, they played the best of the best. Yeah. So, they, so, yeah, so they were able to come right in with minimal um, adjustment period. So, uh, yeah, there's certainly something to be said for that. When you play in big colleges in that kind of environment against the best players in the country, you're, you're – understanding of how quick this tempo is it's really you, you pick it up fast absolutely um mick i want to throw another question your way buddy the, the next one on the list that we have on the on the l email trail you able to throw that one at coach uh, because we, one thing we haven't really talked about so far is the linebacker room i know we touched on uh, kazir white's uh, interception picks, um, during the game and Mick, I'll throw it to you. I mean, I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know what I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's fine. Like, um, we, we sort of touched on Jordan Davis, and um, it's, we have to also talk about um, Kobe Dean, who was the captain of that Georgia defense. Um, and they're obviously 
really good friends and turn up to training together and they said oh it's like the first day of school and all that sort uh-huh. of thing but you know we've been looking for improvement in the back seven um in particular the linebacker position where it's fair to say we've struggled over the last couple of years and and it looks like you know we've got another really good problem like you said with the defensive tackles we've now built up um, a really good roster by the linebacker position, bringing in Kaiser White from the Chargers, um, Nicole Dean stealing him in the third round of the draft, which I still can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but the noise from the, the beat writers, the noise from camp is that TG Edwards is playing himself into you know being a, a, a having a three really good camp and being a, th- yeah. a three down linebacker. So, um, how how do you feel about TG Edwards coming in this year and the linebacker position as I um I agree with you. I think TJ is not just a good player anymore. I think he's a really good player. And being in the system again, you see how he's been around the football the entire camp. He knows where he's the signal caller. He's the leader out there. Um, physically, he matches up. So I think the Eagles have themselves a pretty to very good middle linebacker right now. Um, and on the weak side, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Does White start? Does Davion Taylor, who's gotten a lot better, he just needs to stay healthy? Does he? How does he get his playing time? You know, where does Nakobe fit in on the strong side, which we haven't even mentioned his name, Hassan Reddick, who yeah. is a linebacker. I mean, we, I can consider him an edge player, but he's a linebacker, yeah. <laughs> and and he, he's the pride of free agency. And the Eagles got we twenty three sacks the last couple of couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, they're they've gone from a you know, a middling group to a playmaking group. And then they've got some depth with Sean Bradley still there and some other young players that they like. Uh, the Eagles are good at linebacker. And we saw a taste of that on Friday. I've seen it throughout camp because that group has been around the football a lot. And I think one of the keys will be to see how Hassan Reddick drops into coverage. And then when they unleash him, how do they line him up? I've seen him line up as a joker in the middle. I've seen yeah. him line up on the edge. You know, uh, his hand will be down maybe at times. He'll stand up at times. You got to figure out a way to get him unleashed because he's really good. And the Eagles ranked 29th in the league in getting to the quarterback last year. That's a number that has to improve. That's why they went out and got Hassan Reddick. But, you know, Mick, they certainly did it with with Nicobe, with Kaiser, with Hassan, the linebacker crew, this room overhauled for the better. Got a... Uh... Got a bit of a joke question for you here. So um, we saw obviously the, the hit on Jalen Hurts um, on Friday, and Nick Sirianni's response, which I found was just absolutely incredible. Um, so just two, two, two joke questions for you here. One's a joke statement. The first one is from Phil, uh, who, who I asked him to give me a give me a question earlier on from the hospital. And he gave me, uh, he's been awake for 28 hours. So he gave me this really boring one. And I said, Phil, how many fingers am I holding up? Give me an excitement. <laughs> and he said, who'd win it? He, he said, who'd win in a fight between Sirianni and Salah? <laughs> Salah's no joke, but, you know, Nick is really, really a, an intense guy. If Nick goes down, he's going down scrapping. So um, <laughs> I, think, I think both parties would take, take, take the worst of it. But look, he was, he was, and you guys didn't, I mean, I know the TV broadcast didn't show half of it. I was standing on the sidelines. Nick was throwing down his headset and, and the, the words coming out of his mouth were... The TV very, showed very, a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the yeah. the, the TV showed him throwing it away. The TV <laughs> yeah. showed him saying, hey, Salah. Yeah, yeah we, can read, we can read lips. And uh, <laughs> they're, 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 good, they're good buddies. I mean, uh, but yeah, he was pissed, man. He showed it and good for him. It was nice one. to see that. That Philadelphia family. Yeah. Love, love seeing that. Yeah. yeah, you want a coach who's going to defend your his players and, and Jordan Mylotta coming to Jalen's rescue or his defense. And, you well, know, they got to 2.0. Yeah, you just don't hit the quarterback like that. That was that was lame. Fortunately, no injury. Yeah, exactly. And then the last, the last statement is Quincy Williams. I mean, did they have to get a SWAT team to get him out of Philadelphia alive after that game? Or Yeah, I know, man. What a, what a, what a bad move. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I don't. I, I don't think it was intentional. I think the players were just trying to play fast, and unfortunately, that was yeah. that was the, that was the wrong guy to hit at the wrong time. 
All right, I've got one more player to ask you about before we'll move on to a couple of questions from me and Mick, and then we'll just quickly get to the fan base questions because I know you're you're very busy, Dave. Are you you okay for about seven more minutes? Is that be all right? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. We really appreciate it. Um, so the last player I want to I want to I want to talk to you about before we go to questions is Cam Jurgens, um, because he had the best. I think he had the best apart from Jalen Hurts, arguably he had the best performance um, on, on Friday. And it just had everyone so excited about Kelsey 2.0. And it's not like we're just making this happen. Like Kelsey talked about, he's talked about it in public. He's talked about how he, um, how he had a part in suggesting the Eagles might, might go for him, how big a part is, we don't know, obviously. But he literally looked exactly like Cam Jones. Mick, I know you were like, literally like, Mick just texts me every, second, every few seconds, like we've got Kelsey for another 12 <laughs> years now. And it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, I, I think he's also a really is really good with the microphone. So if it ever comes to that kind of a speech, I believe in Cam Jurgens. He might not yeah. be as good as Jason Kelsey, but he's got a lot of personality. Just Hunk like Jason Kelsey. Baby. A lot yeah. of I, I, uh, I was in the you know there at the draft all weekend. We first night was in Vegas, then I came back to Novacare for the rest of the draft two nights and or two days and uh, the night and the day. And when they drafted Jurgens, I spent time with the offensive line coaches, Roy Estevan and uh, Jeff Stoutland, and they showed me film, and they were—I mean—they raved about Cam Jurgens. Really? And I and I suggested that, you know, is it so weird that of the five draft picks that Cam could be the best one of all of them? And wow. I think we saw we saw a little bit of that on Friday. You know, just in command, um, played like he'd been in the league for ten years. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sure within that made a lot of mistakes that they'll correct. But you know, he, yeah. he's, he's you see why the Eagles drafted him. It's very noticeable on the on the screenplays, you know, just out destroying yep. defensive backs on the second level, just pulverizing anything in the side. It felt like he was getting revenge on everyone that was calling him out on the the, the clip with the Jordan Davis and Cam Jorgensen oh, yeah. from practice. Uh, it sounded like I'm going to prove it all of you wrong and just destroyed the Jets. It was a sight yeah. to see. How nice was it to see Jordan De Jordan Davis's response to that question, though, and when, when he was interviewed about it? No, uh, very mature. Very mature. So mature. And, and he, he turning around, and for those of you listening and who haven't heard it, the question was put to him, or a statement was put to him about, I don't, I don't know what the verbatim question was, but it was brought to his attention that it had gone viral. Um, Jordan Davis in, in training camp pushed it back about 15 yards <laughs> into the backfield. And um, Jordan Davis turned around and said, I, you know, I don't like that because, all right, you saw one clip of where I pushed him in the backfield. You didn't see the, the other times where Cam Jurgens held me up and did a good job. So, you know, you know, read into what you want. And that's such a, you, you, you put the words in my, my mouth there, Mick, it's such a mature way to respond for a rookie to a question. Yeah, yeah the whole thing is, the whole thing's working out really well. But I, back to Jurgens real quick. That, the great part about the draft weekend, I'm in Stout's office and he's saying, David, you don't, watch what he's doing, watch what he's doing. Well, he, every play, he plays to the whistle. He plays to the whistle. And I was like, well, don't most guys play to the whistle? No, they don't play to the whistle. And I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Like players, because these that what separates Cam Jurgens in a lot of ways with the athleticism, Ooh. the intelligence, all that, that he the Eagles loved that he played so hard to the whistle. To the end. And that, yeah. that and that that's so rare. Like I would think everybody would do it, but clearly that's not the case. And we saw it on Friday night, just what Stoutland meant. Because you're right, Jurgens finishes his block, plays to the whistle, runs down the field. The play is always alive and he's always part of the play until we hear the whistle. I love that. Stout is the secret sauce, isn't he? <laughs> is he really is, Mick. He Stout is you know, you just you just know that the offensive line is in good shape. Just keep bringing in all the prospects. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in, because he'll turn them into something special. I love that. That's really good insight as well, um, Dave. So I really appreciate that, man. Uh, so got a couple questions here for you. Uh, all right, what what game do you personally have your eye on this year? Uh, what one is double circled in your calendar, if you will? Is it is it Wentz at the link? Is it Dougie P coming back to town, or is it you know is it Dallas every year? What, what, what I, don't really, I, I really never look at a season like that. I, I, I don't, I love them all. I mean, uh, yeah, I'll be excited for all of them. I mean, Carson coming back will be um, a bit of a circus, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Doug, I don't think it'll be much of a circus. Doug's a low key guy. Everybody's 
cool with Doug and understands why he's not here. And we got a good reception. Which, which is the best about, yeah. I mean, I, and Carson, Carson's story was just such a, an athletic, tragic story in Philadelphia that I, I still shake my head and go, wow, the way his stock has fallen. And, and now he's getting interviewed by, you know, Washington reporters who are just like trying to embarrass him on camera. Like it's, I, I felt for Carson in that instance. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I look at every game. I mean, the Packers coming in, I want to see Aaron Rodgers. I want to see this defense against a great quarterback like that. Nice. But everyone, bring, bring every one of them. Um, and I think the Eagles have a chance to really take command of the NFC East again. And I think that's, that's the primary goal, the first goal. Amazing. I'll be there for the Packers game, by the way. Oh, Lots. excellent. That was nice. Yeah. Well, make, sure you, make sure you get in touch. Get, let's do a little, let's have some fun before we get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll be well up for that. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, another question here on the email trail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mick, do you want to ask the Dallas one on the email? Um, yeah, why not? So you gave Dallas a lot of credit last time we were on the podcast, much to our dissatisfaction. I, I was just being <laughs> <laughs> but they had, you know, they had a strong receiving core. They were not number one offense. Um, you know, they've had a, a really good offensive line. So now that the, the sort of attention has shifted to Philadelphia being the favorites or near favorites, um, how do you feel about Dallas this year? Are you, do you or do you think we are strong favorites for, for the NFC East? Or are you reserving? No, I mean, I, I do respect though, Mick, that the the both times that the Cowboys played the Eagles last year, Dallas won. I know the last game didn't mean anything, but the, that first time they really whipped up on the Eagles. They've got some injuries. Obviously, the wide receiver position is one to be concerned with. The offensive line, I feel, is one to be concerned with. Uh, the defensive line is something to be concerned with with Dallas. Um, but they still have talent. They still have a terrific quarterback. They've got C.D. Lamb. They've got a playmaking defense led by Micah Parsons. You know, Diggs is really, really good in the secondary. I do recognize that the NFC East has not had a repeat winner since 2003, 2004, when the Eagles did it. So the NFC East is always crazy. Um, I think the Eagles are much better positioned this year to compete and beat Dallas than they were last year. So, you know, but I do think, I think, I think the Cowboys are the Eagles' primary concern in a division. I just don't see it from the Giants. And Washington – you know, they, I, that defense without Chase Young being on the field, it's a lot different. And I just don't know what to expect from Carson Wentz. Yeah. Feel so, Yeah, I mean, man, you just think about, like, how good he was in 2017 before the knee injury. I, I don't know. I, we're, here we are, what, six years later, five years later, like, how good can he be? So, so to me, it's the Eagles, Dallas, Washington, New York, in that order. That's exactly how I have it in that order. Um, just conscious of time, Mitch, should we just quickly get to the, the fan questions? Yeah, uh, let's just quick fire them and we'll quick, sure. we'll quick we'll fire them. Go, yeah. so they're going to come up on the screen. Everyone should be able to hear it. I, I, hopefully, anyway, we did it on trial. We'll see if it works in practice. Yeah, so sure. this one is from um, Katie, who's my fiance. Fiance, yeah. Hey, all right, Liam. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Does she really like the Eagles or he just likes the Eagles because of you? So pause that for a second, Mick, just for a sec. I'll just answer that question. So Katie actually had Eagle's baby girl when she was born. Uh, so Katie's actually the reason uh, that I support the Philadelphia Eagles when I met her nine years ago. Oh. Uh, she's who introduced me to the birds. So uh, I can't, uh, she, she'll, she'll kill me if I try and say any, anything other than that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't try to take credit for her Eagle's love. Exactly, right. <laughs> is, she, is, she, is she coming over with you for the... She is for the oh good man get in touch with me get, get in touch with me before the when you get to Philly or before you get to Philly definitely thanks man all right sure let's get let's hear what your question is all right hi Dave Katie here the Eagles have an amazing receiving core this year with Goddard Brown and Smith what chance do you think two or even all three of them have of over a thousand yards this season um great question I think two of them have a chance but I do also I I think that. Look, I don't think defenses are going to be able to handle A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Just, yeah. there's, just Teams just don't have that kind of depth at cornerback. Goddard's a matchup nightmare. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the under on that because I think the Eagles will have leads and they won't have to throw the football as much. So I say one of those three gets 1,000. Two of those three are over 900. 
Yeah. Um, and then all three of them are over 800 with, you know, upwards of 70, 80 catches, maybe more for one of them. But at least my baseline is 70 catches and 800 to 900 yards for all three of those guys. And I think it's a great trio. And it's, it's, it's an, it would be Brown and, and Smith are a one, a a one, a the best group that I've been around as uh, in my time with Eagles. That, that's yeah, awesome. a formidable group. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, I'm, and I'm with you to be honest. Um, sorry, Katie, uh, yeah. I, I, because there's so many potent attacking weapons. And like you, we haven't even talked about Watkins, um, Zach Pascal hurts on the ground, Sanders. There's only so many yards a team can get in a season. Um, but I mean, hey, who knows? Could happen. All right. So the next one is from Dave from Ireland. From Ireland, yes. Hi, Dave. From all reports coming out of camp, this looks like it's the most the defense has been around the ball in years. The likes of Edwards, Davis, BG being back. So when was the last time you were this excited about the defense going into the season? Mm, good question, Dave. Um, whew, I mean, the Super Bowl season, I can't say that it was the defense that got me excited. Do I have to go back to like Jim Johnson days? I think I do because Chip Kelly's defenses were not exciting. Yeah. Um, I might have to go back to Jim Johnson days. Uh, so, so I'll do that. I won't give you a specific year, but because they overhauled the defense so dramatically and, and with kind of like star power that can still play, not like Namdi Asimov over the hill, didn't fit the scheme kind of names. The names the Eagles brought in Reddick is still a young guy. Bradbury got a lot to play for. Uh, made the Pro Bowl two years ago. You know, the draft picks are, are young and exciting and name recognition heavy, star yeah. power. So that, we would have to go back, probably have to go back to the Jim Johnson days as, as defensive coordinator for that one. Um, you know, when it was Dawkins and it was Trent Cole and, yeah. you know, that, that group yeah. was, really, was really lighting it up. I, I think this, this group has a chance to be that kind of dynamic, fast, disruptive defense you heard it here you heard it here first folks pick up the eagles defense in your fantasy leagues <laughs> i have a couple of times a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> they, they, right. scored, they did score five touchdowns last year the that, defense right so yeah maybe, maybe not, not, not a ton of takeaways not a ton of sacks but maybe the, 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 the touchdowns um returns and that'll improve this year as we've talked about in this podcast the, the takeaways and the sacks right to, to complete the british irish and uh, with the Scottish, Irish, and, uh, and, and English, we got Mick. We got someone from Scotland. Yeah, we've got Dave from. Um, from uh, sorry, oh, we Mike. don't have Dave. We have Mike. <laughs> we have Mike <laughs> from from Air. Um, I think he's walking his dog when he put in this question. So <laughs> listen carefully. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Who do you think will be the surprise packages for the Eagles this season? One in offense, one in defense. Cheers. Okay, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Zach Pascal on offense. Nice. It, we, we'll see if any of those young players make the team. But as far as like a veteran, I'll go with. I'll go with Zach, who will be a really good player, somebody that you didn't really think would be when the Eagles signed him. Defensively, I will go with Marcus Epps. Uh, it will be. A, it will be. He'll. He'll. He'll surprise you. I mean, he's a very good safety and. I think everybody's kind of like, ah, is he really good enough to be a starter? I think he's their best safety. How about that? So I'm going to go with Epps on defense, Pascal on offense. I love that. Uh, and then final question, Dave, before we let you go, very easy one. What's the Eagles record going to be this season? So I think the Eagles are going to win every game. So I go into every game thinking the Eagles will win every game. <laughs> you said <laughs> this so on the we. last podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we. Yeah. I like that. I like I'm the that. homer. Yeah, I'm the homer. I, I never think the Eagles are going to lose a game. So, um, But I, I do think the schedule kind of works out in their favor at this point. Absolutely. You have a chance to really get off to a good start, build some momentum, build some confidence. and and. I have us about 12, 13. That's where I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that too. That's a nice jump. Want to see improvement from last year? Nine wins last year was a good start. Let's get, let's jump up from there substantially. 
Mick, you had a six last year. That didn't work out. What do you got us this year again? <laughs> I'll reserve judgment until we do. We'll do our projections pod um, with me, you, and Phil before the season starts. And we'll see where we're, we're each at, and then you can ridicule me again. Whatever Nick says, take the over. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dave, listen, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast. We love speaking to you. Thanks so much for giving us your time. I know all the fans over here really, really appreciate it because it's, you know, we don't get as much of the coverage over here and the insights. So thanks so much. And I'll, I'll definitely hook you up when I come over. Yeah, please do, guys. And then make sure everybody out there subscribe to the Eagles Insider Podcast as well as our Eagles update. comes out every day. And Liam and Mick, it was great to see you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, cheers and go Birds. Go birds. Cheers, Dave. Dave. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great day. Cheers, Dave. Bye. You too. Uh, it's, uh, it's always good having Spuds back on the podcast, Mick. Uh, what a guy. Always so generous with his time. And as the Eagles insider, he sees more than most do from a reporting standpoint. Um, great to have him back, right? No, oh, he knows his stuff, man. He even plugged his podcast at the end. How rude was that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, normally when we get people on who, who have their own podcast and stuff, we'll, we'll always plug it for them. I just figure everyone knows Dave Spinero and everyone knows the, the podcast he does and the work he does for the Eagles. But there you go. If you don't, oh my God, what are you doing? Eagle, at Eagles Insider um, on Twitter. Go and go and check him out. All right, folks, I just wanted to dive into some of the news from practice today. Um, following on from the Eagles game against the Jets on Friday. There was a bit of an interesting commotion that went on, Mick, during practice today. Andre Dillard, Phil, Phil's favourite bonehead cafe member. Uh, well, there's two of them. There's him and Barnett, and both of them were actually involved in this scenario. Andre Dillard had fights with three Eagles, sorry, with two Eagles players. We did three separate fights today. The first with Derek Barnett. They've got history, we know. And the second with uh, linebacker Patrick Johnson, twice with him, before Howie Roseman took a trip over to see how Dillard was. And then Dillard just walked off the pitch and walked into the note care center. Mm. Like, what's going on? I don't know, man, but you know, I'm, I'm actually really disappointed in Dillard. And his stock has never been high since he since he joined the Eagles, he's always, it's always been up and down. And then, you know, he lost his job to Jordan Myla and it looks Probably like he... now, though, right? Then he'll never... Today, yeah. It's, sorry, sorry to question, Mick. It's probably been higher, at its highest now, before today, I feel like it was, he's, he's back, he's the kind of backup, he's doing a little bit better. Yeah, I know that's that? why I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed because it's, oh. I, I didn't really expect it because of what he's been doing and how he carries himself normally because he's usually a guy that he gets his head down, he doesn't complain, he just gets on with it. Um, he's lost his job to drop my ladder, but he still just keeps the head down. Gets yeah. on, he's doing a lot of strengthening and conditioning in the off-season. He looks like in the best shape of his career. Um, I knew he drew he drew a couple of flags, I think, on Friday night, which uh, we weren't too impressed by. And then heading into Sunday, uh, today we're hearing this this sort of nonsense from practice. I mean, it's just not really what the organisation is looking for at this moment in time because we, we sort of need the togetherness, you know, that that sort of the, the Eagles are preaching just now, especially with you know Jalen getting the. Um, Helmet to helmet contact and everyone backing them up, and you know there's like a lot of cohesion in the in the dressing room, and everyone's happy and, and you know like fighting for each other, but not fighting against each other. That's exactly. something that's something you expect from Giants camp. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I mean it's not the first time Dylan and Barnett have had um, a fighting camp. I don't know if it was last season or the year before, but Wolf reported on it earlier that they've had history and they've had fights in camp before. It's just, I mean. Dave Spadaro talked about it earlier. Spuds talked about it earlier. He said it feels like the Eagles have no egos at the moment. Like every, every person is approachable. But then there's a couple of outliers. Dillard, Rager, Barnett, to a certain extent, who just don't seem to fit the mould of the rest of the team. Would you agree? Yeah, wholeheartedly. It's... Um... <laughs> seem a, a little bit like on the fringe they're outsiders I think they have to try and play themselves into the team but it doesn't seem to be 
really working and I don't think they've shown enough on the on the practice field as well. And and this is just the latest this is just the latest thing to, to emerge and it's it's not good enough. No, did you see the radar? He's not done himself any favours. It's just it's the same with sorry to cut you off again, Liam. No, 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 it's, it's just the same with like uh, Rager, the way he goes on social media and, yeah. and you know and the way the way he behaves. Um it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, that was what I was going to say, which was, how did you see the Rager post you were there? Where he came out to say that he's going to be with the Eagles for the rest of his career? Yeah, well, the rest of his career, how long is that going to be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> almost teed you up for that one there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same with um, maybe another wide receiver who's who's on the fringe. It doesn't look like he's going to be um, in the link for much longer. And that's, that's GG or Sega Whiteside. Should we talk about that? Go ahead. Well, the the rumours are in the rumour mill and, um, that he's left the building. JJ uh, is, is no longer part of the organisation. Whether or not that comes to fruition, whether or not that's true, um, we'll see. But, I, I mean, converting to tight end this season, he was on the field on Friday. I, I, I think he played a couple of snaps at... Um, I think he played eight snaps total. Played eight snaps total. How many were special teams do you have that in front of you? You know? I no, I didn't have enough to me. That was just memory. Yeah. yeah, I remember he got targeted once and it slipped through his hands and I thought, you're finished. <laughs> you know, you're just finished. Um, I don't know what sort of compensation we could get from him other than just being cut, but it was interesting that he wasn't uh, he, he wasn't present at practice today with um, and he wasn't designated with an injury either. So Yeah, that, that, um, that was noticeable, right? When, 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 you saw the tweet, when you saw the tweet come out about no designation as to why JJR is in that practice today. I mean, so it's a mystery source, right, that, that we're getting this information from. And and this mystery source, so, source, sauce, sauce, sauce. Like I've been on the sauce. Uh, this, this mystery source um, has had quite a few um, predictions in the past, which have gone right. Jalen Ramsey to the Rams, Stephen Nelson to sign for the Eagles, COVID moving Eagles Washington to Tuesday, Jordan Matthews coming back, and Lane Johnson. At the team when he went back to Oklahoma. On the flip side, could it just be an easy prediction to say that because they've seen his designation not be a practice for any reason, they're just jumping to conclusions? I don't know. I've messaged at ESP to see if he's heard anything. I've not heard back from him yet. So if he does message back before the podcast ends, I'll let you guys know. Oh, we could have some breaking news on the podcast. That'd be well, nice. Who knows? Who knows? That'd be pretty <laughs> cool, right? That'd be pretty cool. So talking about J just just for a second, I mean. I've not really heard anything about him in camp other than the fact that he has he is training at the tight end position. He's is there any chance if he's not gone, is there any chance he makes the, 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 the roster? No. I don't think there's any zero, right? Zero. I, I, I don't think there's any chance we can carry him on the 15 man roster. It's you know, our, our, our tight end depth chart isn't great either. Let's be honest. So you know we get Dallas Potter, and then we've got you know, a, a lot of also runs. Um, Jack Stoll, who's who's decent. Um, Grant Calcaterra, who we just drafted, but is carrying an injury just now. Um, Tyree Jackson, who will be on the pup list. Uh, Dick Rod, He's who Dick Rod came back. Let's not forget Dick Rod. Put respect on that man's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Jajar is. If, if at all, it would be for special teams. And I, I really don't think that we need them. And, and, and that sort of, I, I don't know, it, it just doesn't fit for me anymore. Um, yeah. Possibly he can go somewhere else and try and kickstart his career again. I just don't see it, personally. He's, he's a pre-Syriani uh, dustbin guy, right? I mean, there's, there's a few of them. Rager's probably going to be one of them. Dillard and Barnett are probably going to be uh, probably going to be them eventually, even though they gave the extension to Barnett this year. Um, there's a few there's a few players who just don't seem to fit the mold, and I think I'll put all four of them in that bracket: Dillard, Barnett, Jajaw, and Rager. And I'm putting them in that bracket because they were supposed to be very good players when they came out of college. It's not just like any like we could name a hundred people who who come and go on, on the roster for the Eagles, but these, these players were expected. I mean, Dillard was a first round pick. Rager was a first round pick. JJ was a second round pick. And Barnett, was he a first or a second round pick? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. I mean, he was drafted a while back now. 
he was certainly a pick in the first three rounds. Either way, um, you know, all, all, all very important players for the Eagles, or at least they thought when they drafted them. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's move on and let's talk about Jalen Hurts for a second and how he did in practice today. Jalen Hurts went 14 of 19. One touchdown, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions has been the tail of the tape for the last few practices for Jalen Hurts. Now, there was a couple of plays, I think, today where he could have been picked off, but he wasn't quite picked off. But that happens with any quarterback in any game, in any preseason game, in any training camp, right? You don't, you don't count the could have been picked off catches when you look at the stat sheet at the end of the year, right? You look at the completion percentage, the, the number of completions, the yards and the touchdowns. And for Jalen, you also look at the rushing yard. You don't look at the nearly complete, the nearly picked off catches. Um, you know, if he did that, no, an argument for anyone being a bad quarterback, right? There's already an absurd amount of um, stats that you can pull up and uh, make them work to your advantage on any sort of narrative. Um, we don't need could have been a pick or you know could have been this. It's like the whole like translating it back to football, see like the X, XA and X, what is it? I, I don't know. All that, the, expect, the expected, expected goals, goals. Expected goals per game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, expected goals and expected assists, that's pish. That's just, a, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that as a, as a, as a stat at all. Yeah, and that's one yes. of the biggest stats on football manager is like you're expecting goals per game rate. And if I lose 2-0 and my expected goals is like three and theirs is like one, I'm like, what? What's going on? But it means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> You know, yeah, don't play football week. manager. I didn't know that. That's that's insane. I only started last. I only started last week. I rolled my ankle last Wednesday, and I planned to be going on a golfing trip all weekend with my buddies. And there was ten of us going down. It was our major of the year two day event down in Newbury, and um, I couldn't play. I couldn't go because my ankle. So I, I got I got football manager on the go, and I won't tell you how many hours I put into it over the weekend this weekend. So. <laughs> uh, there you go. An insight into my weekend life this weekend. But anyway, back to Jalen. 14 and 19, one touchdown, zero interceptions. I mentioned earlier on the podcast that two of his passes were underthrown. He had open wide receivers. And they were they were visibly under underthrown by quite a by quite a way. But then he did have Smith for a touchdown with a with a with a long a long pass. And he also had Watkins. Thank you, Spuds, for telling us earlier. Also for a deep pass as well. So two out of four deep passes in a, in a game. You probably expect that as a that's pretty normal, maybe, maybe even better than normal. How many deep passes are over forty yards do you expect a quarterback to make in a game time situation? Yeah, I mean it just depends on what the sort of drills that they're running as well. It's, I'm sort of like a, a bit annoyed that sometimes when the reports come out after. Like during training camp, it's like, oh, Hurts only threw this many yards, and they didn't get any touchdowns at all. It's like, well, maybe they were starting at twenty, and they were, and and they and they weren't throwing um, yeah. drills for for touchdowns, and they weren't doing red zone drills, and uh, you know they were they were working up something, or you know, like just try to get Jalen through his progression, make him stand up in the pocket, make him a better pocket passer, and make him more decisive on his throws, that kind of thing. Just looking for really? touchdowns and taking the opportunities where he needs to take them. Um, not focusing on the spectacular and what beat writers want to see, yeah. like like Dixon, and he doesn't care what beat writers think, and he doesn't care what we think either. Um, to to to, to be oh, quite blunt, I heard he's a regular regular listener, Nick. No, Nick Sariani, oh, no, yeah, absolutely is. He, he was he's texting me during the podcast, and I had to like decline. <laughs> I had to decline. Um, he tried yeah. to call me and I had to decline that as well. I was like, Nick, I'm on with, I'm on with Dave Spadaro and Liam. Can you just leave me alone for five minutes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, you know that's, that's why I think training training camp stats, you, you've got to take them a bit with a pinch of salt. Like the good stats and the bad stats, like it's training camp for a reason. They're there. To, like AJ Brown said it in one of his interviews a couple of weeks ago and he said, I'm out on the field just trying things out and see what works yeah. and what doesn't yeah. work. So uh, if, if you see him running a route and it, it looks quite bad, and it's well, he's just trying things out. That's that's what training camps there to do. It's he he's trying to improve. Like Jalen Hurts also mentions this one percent better every single day, and to get better, you've got to make mistakes to get better. Absolutely. Um, and you look, so at, you look at soccer you again. Micro, you can't micro analyze every single thing they do on the field. It's madness. 
But, 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 but the thing is, they do want microanalyze because the cameras are there all the time, every single day. I'm just going to bring it back to soccer again. I think we're the fourth time on this podcast. You don't see live training camp analysis of every single player in the Premier League or, or, or um, you know, in, in, in the Scottish League. You certainly, no, never. You yeah. certainly <laughs> don't in the Scottish League. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Oh, but you definitely don't. In the, you, you, you don't in Premier League either. Like so. You don't have constant analysis of how, how Cristiano Ronaldo is playing a ball into the box or how fast he's running in, you know, in training during the preseason. You don't have how many goals Callum Wilson, what his shot, what his shot uh, rate is, what his, what his goal to shot ratio is. You don't have these stats in preseason in soccer because you know, they're trying new things, they're trying new tactics, they're trying it. So it's, it's actually a very, very, very good point of not to look too much into it because they are going to be trying to improve Jalen, especially in the past game as a pocket passer. And there'll be sometimes where he's learning and he's trying to get better, as you said, and he won't be as accurate or he'll might have flashes every now and again. So yeah, I mean, maybe we shouldn't have another take for the rest of preseason training camp. <laughs> but that's right. it. I mean, the, the joint practices is probably a bit more indicative of, of, yeah. of, of where they'll be sort of thing because the, the, the joint practices, I think Nick said and says it as well, that um, they're a lot more like in-game. Um, even, like, it's not the same, obviously, but like the speed is there, you know, so and the opposition isn't, you know, your own. So it'll be interesting to see these um, joint practices with the Browns coming up um, this coming week and the Dolphins week um, after. Do you think the Eagles should have tried to get some harder opposition than the Jets, the Browns, and the Dolphins? <laughs> well, I don't know how much say they have in these things, but <laughs> well... Shout out to any of our Dolphins friends listening in. I, uh, I doubt you do, but we have a couple in our in our friend group here in the UK. Uh, okay, last but not least, uh, Demonte Smith uh, back after missing four day four practices, and he missed the game against the Jets on Friday. He looked good today, Mick. He did, yeah. So uh, I've been missing Devontae Smith. I've been missing him bad. Uh, I was, I was actually, I wasn't expecting a practice today. I said it to Dave just before we went on, before we started recording this podcast, and I thought, practice on a Sunday. What are you guys doing over there? I wouldn't do anything on a Sunday. But uh, and he sort of just laughed it off. But um, I wasn't expecting a practice today, but it was really good news to see that Smith had said. Um, and um, as well, had pads on. You know, he wasn't limited at all. Yeah, so he was, he was in the full eleven versus eleven seven sevens, doing his one one on ones as well. Uh, very interesting to hear him talk about the cornerback opposition and how he's playing with Slay and Bradbury and having that competition um, with each of those and the different playing styles. Said that Darius Slay is you know really intelligent and fast. Yeah. Um, but Bradbury offers something completely different because, you know, he's very physical, he's yeah. very long, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's finding that a challenge himself. So, like, the whole, I don't want to say iron sharpens iron, I'll just say that, but I didn't want to say it's such a cliche. <laughs> but, you know, th- this this helps the players improve. He's coming in his second year, hopefully, um, ho- hopefully kicks on and then, becomes even better than he was in his rookie season. I thought he had a great rookie season. It's went sort of, um, I think, in a lot of NFL circles, he was a, a little bit disrespected, to be honest. I think he's being slept on. I, I think he's being slept on by, I'd even go as far as to say, some Eagles fans this year because of the massive A.J. Brown trade and A.J. Brown being the dog. It, it is clear that A.J. Brown is the number one wide receiver going into the season. Um, I think that's being disputed by anyone at the Eagles and any beat writers we talk to, any journalists we talk to, and even and even um, Dave Spadaro earlier said it's it's you know there's one A and then there's one AA, right? <clears throat> he is number two behind AJ. How far behind number one he is 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 to be debated. Um, <clears throat> but he's he's surely going to benefit from AJ Brown being there and be more open and playing against lesser quality cornerbacks and DBs in the league because, because AJ's probably going to take the most of it. But just going back to your point about um, the CBs, it, it, it's nice to hear him say that because doesn't that give you such a good idea of the compliment we have at cornerback position? Someone who's smart and fast versus someone who's strong and long. Like, you know, that, that can cater for nearly any one-two punch wide receiver opposition in the league when we're going up against them defensively. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the cornerback room is looking pretty good now. Uh, it was We've been worried about it for years. And, you know, I know Slay's another year older and he's sort of coming towards the end of his career. But, um, you know, like the acquisition of Bradbury, having a Vontae Maddox in the slot, um, McPherson's been making... Yeah, you know, he, he 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 played quite well on Friday night. Friday, yeah. Yeah, uh, they had Josh Joby as 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 um, the other cornerback on Friday as in the second stringers. Uh, T. Gowan made a couple of good plays. Uh, they've always sort of said a lot about the the depth guys that they've got um, for cornerback. We'll see how that sort of plays out during the season. Hopefully, you know, we we, we stay healthy, but we do have these guys waiting in waiting in the wings. So. As it's, you say, Iron sharpens iron. So, you know, <laughs> better wide receivers are going to make the better quarterbacks, good quarterback good, and vice versa. So, uh, maybe that's the name of this podcast, Iron Sharpens Iron. That no, make, it would not. That make you cringe, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I get to name it. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken on now for at least the last, what, six, seven, eight, nine, ten months the, the responsibilities of putting. Of uh, doing the producer work, as I would call it, of the, of the podcast, and together <laughs> and sending it out. And I thank you for it. All right, I think, that covers everything uh, yeah, I think that covers everything we were going to talk about in this podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed hearing from Spuds, Eagles insider Dave Spadero. Uh, he was just off the practice field a few hours before he spoke to us. Uh, so we really do thank him for being on again. He will be on again, of course. Um, as will our next guest, which you'll hear about in the coming days. So look out for that on our Twitter page. Ooh. Yes. Um, I don't even Nick, know who that is. <laughs> well, I haven't told you yet. So uh, yeah, maybe Nick, check out your WhatsApp in like 10 minutes. <laughs> Listen, one last thing to say again. Phil, you're listening in and you made it to the end of the podcast. We love you. We're so excited for you. We're so happy for you. And um, we can't make, wait to meet the little guy um, as soon as we can. Thank you for all of our questions from our Eagles fans, listeners over here as well. We hope you enjoyed listening to Spadero and um, reading back. And Mick, of course, thanks to you for being here with me and taking on the role of uh, joint host with me today as he spoke to Dave. Sure, right. All right. We have been the next man of podcast. We are the British and Irish Eagles, and we are sponsored by Passion Avenue. We love you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.